January 20th, Matthew chapter 13, verses 24 through 46. Here is another story Jesus told. The kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who planted a good seed in his field. But that night, as everyone slept, his enemy came and planted weeds among the wheat. When the crop began to grow and produce grain, the weeds also grew. The farmer's servants came and told him, Sir, the field where you planted that good seed is full of weeds. An enemy has done it, the farmer exclaimed. Shall we pull out the weeds, they asked. He replied, No, you'll hurt the wheat if you do. Let both grow together until the harvest. Then I will tell the harvesters to sort out the weeds and burn them and to put the wheat in the barn. Here is another illustration Jesus used. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in a field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of garden plants and grows into a tree where birds can come and find shelter in its branches. Jesus also used this illustration. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast used by a woman making bread. Even though she used a large amount of flour, the yeast permeated every part of the dough. Jesus always used stories and illustrations like these when speaking to the crowds. In fact, he never spoke to them without using such parables. This fulfilled the prophecy that said, I will speak to you in parables. I will explain mysteries hidden since the creation of the world. Then, leaving the crowds outside, Jesus went into the house. His disciples said, Please explain the story of the weeds in the field. All right, he said. I, the Son of Man, am the farmer who plants the good seed. The field is the world, and the good seed represents the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people who belong to the evil one. The enemy who planted the weeds among the wheat is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world, and the harvesters are the angels. Just as the weeds are separated out and burned, so it will be at the end of the world. I, the Son of Man, will send my angels, and they will remove from my kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil, and they will throw them into the furnace and burn them. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the godly will shine like the sun in their Father's kingdom. Anyone who is willing to hear should listen and understand. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field and to get the treasure too. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a pearl merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. When he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and bought it. Let me address Luke 15. For those of you that are not familiar with scripture or church, Luke 15 is one of those famous passages that preachers like me talk about all the time. It's, it's where Jesus is asked, why do you hang out with bad people? And he gives three stories, lost sheep, lost coin. And the last is about a lost son. Most people call it the prodigal son. It's about two sons actually, but the younger one says, dad, I want my inheritance early. He moves to some wild cities and lives crazy and wastes all of the money finally he's got a job on this farm 
and it's horrible, it's pathetic, and he comes back to himself, his senses, and he goes, I'm going to go back to dad's house, and I'm going to try to get employment. I can't be his son. I just want employment. That's where he's at, and he prepares a pathetic little speech, and he makes his way to dad's house, and he says, when he arose and came to his father, when he was still a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion, ran, fell on his neck, and he started kissing him. The son said, Father, and he starts into his speech, I've sinned, heaven, your sight, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. In the next verse, the father ignores this. Jesus is telling this story to try to explain who he is. And really, God the Father's love. And the father says, bring out the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand, sandals on his feet. Listen now, listen to what the father says. Bring out the fatted calf, kill it, let us eat and be merry. Translation, we're going to have a party and we're going to have one right now. It gets worse. For this son was dead is alive he was lost and is found and it says and they began how long did that take and they began to party was that 15 minutes was it 30 was it an hour it gets worse verse 25 there's another boy the older son he's in the field he comes and as he's drawing near to dad's house he can literally hear music and he can hear the laughter and glee and joy of people dancing on a dance floor. Now I want you to try to wrap your brain around this illogical, ridiculous, scandalous scene that God, through Jesus, has given us to explain who he is and how he responds to you and to me. The boy comes home, he's wasted his hard-earned money of his father, he has lived wildly and ridiculously. How long has he been home? 30 minutes? An hour? I'll, I'll, I'll let you have three hours. He's been home three hours so he could shower and shave and put on his new gear and his new clothes and his new jewelry. And in less than three hours, this wayward AWOL son is now on a dance floor with his cronies. What? The only one that's thinking logically is the older son. Who's like, this doesn't make any sense. The scene could have been his younger brother, who's an idiot, surrounded by his friends as the DJ is playing his favorite song and he's on the dance floor. What? How quickly does the father insist that the son get changed and get on the dance floor? I want you to try to wrap your head around that. That when you sin, the most powerful place you can be is enjoying his love. Right after you sin. Most of us, if we were throwing the party, say, let him on the dance floor. Son, you sit over, don't you even think about dancing. You think about the stupid thing you did with my money. We will dance and you will watch. <laughs> but not the father. I want you to think about that. He insisted his boy dance. 